Episode 4 of And Why Not, the movie podcast from the nerds who haunted themselves. Uh, I'm Stuart Moraine, and this week I was joined by the mighty Tony Esmond uh, to talk about... Well, he likes to do a little bit of build-up to the film, even though you've probably seen the title in the title of this episode. Uh, so I won't say it here. Uh, I will just dive right in and pass you back over to past Stuart and past Tony. Hope you enjoy. Hello, Tony. Hello, mate. You're right. All right, yourself? Yeah. yeah, not bad. I feel like a bit like a sort of... One of those sort of really annoying regular guests they used to have on Wogan. They used to well, sort of wheel on when, I don't know, somebody was too drunk to come on or something. Yeah. No, they usually <laughs> had the drunk people on. <laughs> he did, actually. He did well for that. Yeah, he was all right. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, there you go. No, but good. Uh, thanks for coming. I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad I'm here. He, uh, we've got a bit of a cracker to talk about as well, which I'm quite pleased about. It's sort of a, a long love of mine as movies go. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's uh, one of those ones that I was like, have I seen that one? So I was like, fuck, I better buy the Blu-ray. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so well, I like to try and watch the films beforehand, unless it's something really fucking that's not going to appeal to me, in which case yeah. I'll blind talk about it. No, I'm glad you did. I was really pleased to see that you did. Had you, before we announce it, had you seen it before? I don't think I had, no. If I had, it was when I was so young that... Because right. I used to go to a childminder who her son was always into all the old kung fu movies, like all the old kung fu movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I possibly have seen it, but certainly not that I remembered. Oh, okay. So cool. They all sort of bled into one when you're about five or six. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, because uh, as we 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 like to say on this, I'm I'm virtually happy birthday by the way this week, man. Oh, thank you very much. It was the big one, wasn't it? Uh, it was a big one, yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice one. <laughs> <laughs> the present, which is the big one. There you go. The yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Congratulations! I didn't realise it was this week. That's the beauty of Facebook and Twitter, is you find out people's birthdays. I know. Because I'd be buggered with the wife's birthday otherwise. Yeah, <laughs> me too. <laughs> That's the only reason we're friends on Facebook. <laughs> so I can co- congratulate your wife on her birthday. The uh, cool. The um. So shall I just say what it is? Yeah. Do you wanna... Okay. So I'd like to just add the caveat that this is not the best film by this person. It's by far not the best film for anyone who knows anything about this person's sort of many, many movies. So we're going to talk about a movie from 1980 called The Big Brawl. Um, it's a Jackie Chan movie for anyone who has or hasn't seen it. The It's um, got the alternative title um, used both at the cinema in the UK. I think it, the cinema in the UK was The Big Brawl. It's been released on video and DVD as Battle Creek Brawl. Yeah. And I think, as I understand it, in Cantonese, it was Sha show how was the uh, the cantonese pronounce you know the cantonese title for it but i think it also showed in hong kong under the english title as well because obviously it's an it's an american movie um i thought before we got into a bit we might just talk a bit about the history of it are you are you a chan fan are you uh i was like probably a lot of people my age from sort of the mid 90s so rumble in the bronx and probably when rush hour came out that was the big okay. yeah jackie chan boom for mainstream audience yeah okay. and that was sort of when i was just getting into film properly so i'd not discovered a lot of the older stuff like police story and that so yeah probably rush hour and rumble in the bronx that sort of thing was my yeah opening now, door and then i've seen most of the english language ones okay cool yeah so this is this is 80 we're talking here so yeah. it was comparatively young then um 
it was um i mean i saw it i the, the reason i saw it is the reason i probably saw it and also love it is that it was the first movie that i ever crept into underage so i think i was sort of 11 and i got into what was used to be called a double a back then uh is now referred to as a 15 i think probably somewhere but i think a double a was four yeah, there. yeah um and it was shown at the local cinema. I think Wembley Cinema, I think, was showing it. I went with them. Um, I was friends. I think I was home from boarding school for some reason. Might be in the holidays. And know this sort of, you know, we've always got that friend who's a little bit of a bastard. You know, he's always doing things. And you hear about him later that he was, you know, hung in New Jersey for being a drug addict. So, you know, that sort of kind of friend. Yeah. You know, he was always a bit of a dangerous <laughs> friend. And I remember him saying to me, oh, you're going to come and see. He was a bit older than me. I think he was about two years older than me. Joey, his name was. And uh, he said, are you going to come and see your Kung Fu movie with me? And I said, uh, oh, OK, because I was sort of quiet, sort of, you know, unassuming kid. And he says, I don't know. I remember him saying this to me. He said, you don't know. I don't know if you know this, but uh, when they kill people in Kung Fu movies, they really kill them. And I, being like 11, I went, wow, really? That's, that sounds like super dangerous. You know, obviously, I believed it, you know. Yeah. Um, so we went and cre- I remember I can to this day remember just buying a ticket and walking in. The, the bloke behind the, the jump was just like. He just didn't care, you know. He seems like sort of super old to me, but it's probably just in his twenties, you know, with a job on a Saturday night or a Thursday night. It was he probably didn't give a shit. It's like most things you build them up in your mind and then <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it was like this big thing. And I remember sitting there. I can remember to this day sitting next to Joey in the cinema watching this thing, like being totally, absolutely blown away by my first kung fu movie. People don't remember, but. Like martial arts movies were the bollocks, you know. They were the Marvel Cinematic Universe of the seventies and early eighties, you know. Yeah, so there was a massive boom from, like, I say, it must have been around mid eighties. I sort of started right. seeing kung fu movies. I think they used to show Monkey on TV then as well, so that was yeah, part that, of it. Yeah, that's a great series. Yeah, and I think we sort of discovered them because of a couple of th- a couple of reasons. In the cinema, it was, it was kind of cinemas weren't as big sort of chain cinemas as they are now and they don't all show the same thing no matter what town you go to there yeah films like, used to tour around didn't they yeah and, and this was probably i mean it's came out in 80 in america so this could well have been like late 80 early 81 by the time i saw it i haven't got a memory of when it was but it was um it was uh, this cinema i went to i remember my 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 parents friend used to he was a big horror film guy and he would tell me stories about how he saw scanners or you know some real sort of you know cannibal ferox or something you know some real sort of lively <laughs> horror films and he told me oh yeah i went and saw this one man's head explodes and i'm like oh my god that sounds like that sounds like really dangerous you know it was like the, the attraction to it was the sort of danger of it almost you know yeah and although enter the dragon was what seven years before this the this was the first martial arts movie i saw and then after that i kind of we kind of got into because it was a boarding school and some of the boys had um video shop membership in in town we would watch Bruce Lai and Dragon Lee and, you know, that sort of thing. The other Jackie Chan movies, like, you know, we watched um, uh, Fist of Fury. We watched, we watched um, Hand of Death um, and we watched Drunken Master, which was a one I saw. So this was my first Jackie Chan movie, but I think my yeah. second was probably Drunken Master, which actually I think predates it. But Jackie Chan was, um, he was uh, a Hong Kong, like a huge Hong Kong star. You know, he'd, He'd been, um, he'd, he'd had a, a, like a rich history, he'd been the Peking Opera, he trained at the Peking Opera, um, and it, he had built his way up through movies from being a kid star. He was in a f- movie called 
Big and Little Wong Tin Bear in 1962 when he was eight. You know, he's like been in a lot of films. Um, and then he was a stuntman on Fist of Fury, uh, Fist of Fury and Enter the Dragon. Uh, he'd, he'd even done like a bit of a sort of saucy, it's, hot, it's a difficult to call it soft porn because I've not seen it. And I'm sure you might have seen one nipple in it, you know what I mean? Called All in the Family, which is a Hong Kong movie as well. Hey, a nipple's a nipple, come on. Yeah, that'll do me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then he did um, Hand of Death, which is an early John Woo film, uh, interestingly enough. Um, and he did uh, Snake and Eagle's Shadow, which is quite a well-known film, a bit, bit of a breakout one for him. Um, and they were with a, a director called Lo Wei, who um, he was with even before um, Battle Creek Ball. He directed, so he directed. I think it was Fearless Hyena. I think Chandler directed. And he then decided he wasn't going to be with Lo Wei anymore. Who was there? Was I think movies in Hong Kong were tied up a little bit with the gangsters, you know, and that sort of thing. Yeah. And he decided he wasn't going to be with Lo Wei anymore, and he wanted to sign with Golden Harvest. And the rumor is that he came to the United Kingdom, he came to America to film um, this sort of joint Warner Brothers and Golden Harvest production because the triads were after him. And there was going to be sort of an amount of retribution against him for sort of running off and filming, you know, signing over with Golden Harvest. And while he was away, there was sort of a vague amount of sort of, you know, horse wrangling that went on that, that got him free of his contract with this low way guy. It's it really interesting. You know, you, yeah. you don't think of that anymore. It's kind of, it's, it's what was actually happening in the 30s when this movie is set. This that was actually happening to to say it Sounds like the old studio system, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it really does. Yeah, but and with added gangsters, which is kind of interesting, isn't it? Really, bearing in mind what he went to when he went to shoot. So, as we've said, um, Big Brawl was 1980. Shall I give a little summary of it? Yep. I've got the um, Hong Kong Legends DVD, um, and it says. Jackie takes up the role of Jerry Kwan, a flamboyant kung fu expert. I'm going to take issue with flamboyant. It just seemed like a bit of a sort of boy next door to me in this movie, sort of, but a bit of a cheeky one, I suppose. And he's forced to compete in a no-holds-barred street fighting tournament by heavy-hitting syndicate mobsters. So set in 30s Chicago, um, and he sort of his father owns a Chinese restaurant, uh, obviously, and his brother is a sort of local, sort of almost like a charity doctor, caring for the sort of poor of the town. And stuff like that. His brother is expecting. He's got a girlfriend, Jerry, um, who is Christine DeBell, who, who we'll talk about in a minute, I'm sure. And his brother is expecting his pen pal wife to come over from China. His actual wife is kidnapped, and possibly the most cliched and rubbish prostitute ever is put in her place. <laughs> <laughs> She's class, isn't she? She's fucking great. Yeah. If it was between Rosalind Chow and her, I'd, have, I'd be our breast to choose. I've got to tell you. <laughs> and and they go through all this sort of she she's like she's not even acting she's just a full-on caricature of a prostitute yeah yeah who chews gum and sticks that's on it thanks to the huge wad of chewing gum <laughs> yeah the biggest lump of chewing gum you ever seen in your life he says you can't go and see my father if you've got chewing gum in your mouth and she takes it out and sticks it on this door so and it's, it's just fucking huge like the size of her head <laughs> like she's plastered a hole in the door with it i think it's not weird and uh, so she gets replaced and they take um rosalind chow who do you know did you recognize her i didn't know keiko o'brien deep space nine ah uh, of course she's only she's literally in one scene isn't she where she gets yeah because she's not in it again is she yeah um, and she gets. Because you um, sort of get an exposition shout from the main gangster at the end, don't you? Oh, the wrapping everything we'll get up. To that the rub, most rubbish summing up of the whole story. <laughs> uh, 
I'm I'm ragging on this movie, but I fucking love this movie. I've got to tell you, I fucking love it. But the yeah, so she gets kidnapped and they put this like rubbish prostitute in her place, and this forces um, Jerry Kwan to go and fight in the Battle Creek Brawl, which is this fight that happens in in, in Texas, which I'm sure we'll get onto in a minute. But then there's some names in this man. There's some real good names in it. Um, Mako. Mako. I was say Mako. Amazing in this. For those who don't know who Mako is, check out Conan the Barbarian and um, Conan the Destroyer. And he's his sort of mate, a sort of kind of a magician kind of guy, isn't he? Sort of sidekicky kind of guy. Um, he's in lo- He's in loads of stuff, Mako. He was he's the in... voice of Splinter in that animated TMNT movie. He was indeed. Yeah. It was one of his last yeah. films, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. He's um he's seven years in Tibet, he's in that. Um, yep. he's in the Killer Elite as well, actually. Um he's in Crying Freeman and he's been I mean he's been in everything. You look at it, he's been in it. Obviously, like they need a sort of uh, somebody of Asian origin that he's That's back it. in Hollywood. Of they, a certain age. <laughs> yeah, of a certain age. He's in the Incredible Hulk, he's in the Wonder Woman T V series. I think twice. Um I think he was in a couple of episodes of Magnum as well. Oh, yeah, undoubtedly. Yeah, he'll have been in Murder, She Wrote, he'll have been in everything, wouldn't he? Do you know what I mean? He's one of those sort of guys. But he is brilliant. He's absolutely brilliant. This, I actually genuinely think he absolutely shines in this because he's not a martial arts guy, but there's a couple of sequences. There's like a couple of training sequences where he... And there's one, there's one moment, which we'll talk about in a minute, where they raid the um, the, the gangster's house. But they're, yeah. he's like properly holding his own. I know it's it's not always him. It's it's occasionally, you can tell it's the stunt, the stunt double going under, jumping over the table and stuff. But... The, the stuff he does with the walking stick, actually, I want a walking stick just so I can bash people up with it. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. The way he fucking just pulls your leg out from underneath you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, re- I really like him. I, when he's he's in the... And he, let's face it, he loves a BBW. I believe that's the phrase. <laughs> that'll be does, that'll yeah. be the death of him, is, is a, a larger lady. He um he gets caught out, doesn't he? He gets kidnapped at one point in the movie. It's because he's sort of... He's, he's um honey trapped by a larger lady who sort of literally licks her finger and walks off. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, we've all fallen for that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean, a larger lady's okay. A couple of them look like look huge. Look like they've been inflated. One of them, <laughs> I'm sure she's a lovely lady, but uh yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, the one he's almost caught in bed with. <laughs> yeah, the one she has oh now you finish meditating and then they dive under the covers. It's like <laughs> What is going on there? The uh, some of the other people in it, Jose Ferreira. Oh my God, Jose Ferreira's in this movie yeah. long before it's Padishan Emperor of you know the known universe in June. I think a couple of years before it. But um, he plays Mr. Dominici, who is the the sort of crime boss, who um, you think's the kind of the villain, but he's actually kind of okay. There's moments in it you think, oh, he's actually all right. I quite like him. Do you know what I mean? There's a bit of that going on, isn't there? He plays... He's upstaged by a sweary old lady. Mate, like, the best... I love old women who swear. Do you know what I mean? It's like a real thing. I love it. And she is the best sweary old lady you're ever likely to meet, isn't she? She is... I looked her up, actually, because she's not on a lot of the... um, the, She's not on IMDb, and she's not on Wikipedia. I couldn't find her on any other sites talking about this film. So I had to watch the credits to get her. Um, and she plays, she's played by, she's the grandmama, who's the, I take it she's the mother of Jose Ferreira. Do you get that impression? I, I would assume so, yeah. Yeah. Smokes a cigar. She's always going on about chinks. There's a lot of sort of casual, rather dubious racism. It's, it's very much of its time, isn't it? But also yeah. set in the 30s, which probably gives you a little bit more leeway to yeah. 
And it's kind of, to be fair, it's kind of the, only the, really the baddies who are racist, which is kind of the way it should be, isn't yeah. it? You know? And um, she's always going about get that chink. And she hates her nephew, Legati, doesn't she? We'll talk about it in a minute. But it's played by Mary Ellen O'Neill, who doesn't have many credits to her. I cast her in everything if I was a film director. She'd be the star of a detective series, just like scowling whilst playing cards, smoking a cigar, cigar and going on about chinks all the time. Yeah, it's just like... She's also in Galaxy of Terror, which is a movie I watched recently, which is equally bad. You can find it on Amazon Prime. <laughs> um, pretty bad. I think she's in oh, God, I'm top of my head. She's in a couple of like real sort of were probably made in Italy, pretending to be Texas kind of horror, Mad Max rips. There's those sort of type movies, yeah. you know. She's also, she has like one line in them or something. But yeah, she's she's absolutely brilliant in it. Um, I love I love Jose Ferreira. I, ge- I genuinely think he's he's such a heavyweight actor. I'm a bit surprised they got him in this. I don't know. Maybe he hadn't seen any kung, kung fu movies by this point, or maybe he thought, well, Enter the Dragon was all right, and it's the same director. Maybe he thought that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, he seems to be enjoying it. He really does, man. That's what I like about him. He's got this sort of half a grin, even when he's saying to people, "Go away. I don't know what I'll do if I see you again," which he says to his nephew at one point. You know, after he fucks up, but you think you know, he's quite sinister. But he's he's got that diamante earring as well, in hasn't he? Yeah, it's, it's like he understood the tone of the film possibly better than the director did in some scenes. <laughs> yeah, think, yeah. This, this, I remember watching it as a kid and thinking, firstly, that old woman who looks like my granny is swearing a lot, and then thinking, why well, has he got an earring in? What's that all about? <laughs> the um, there's another thing which did disturb me, which we'll talk about in a minute. But a couple of other sort of worthy of mention cast members are. Um, Christine DeBell. Did you do you know anything about Christine? Uh, only what you told me when I was watching it. <laughs> oh yeah, um, we were texting. That it says on the back she was a Playboy cover girl. There we go, my it friend. Says that on the back of my Blu-ray. Oh, does it? All oh, right, yeah. okay. She's in a movie called Meatballs. I think it is. I think yeah, she's in the that Bill Murray one. That's right. Yeah. Um, she's, yeah. Because um... I was trying to work out what I recognised her from, and I was like, oh, it must be fucking Meatballs. Yeah. Yeah, she's not been in much. She's, been, she's in Samurai Cop 2, weirdly, that came out this year. Well, two <laughs> years ago or something. Yeah, she's in that, weirdly. But um, she's got that sort of, I hate to say girl next door, but she's got that sort of pigtaily, nice girl, bit of a, a boy, you know, sort of boyish, would punch you kind of look to her. Yeah, it's that pretty tomboy kind of thing, isn't it? But still yeah. with the looks like a girl kind of thing. Not, you know, digging a hole. But <laughs> Yeah, no, no, no. I get, I get completely. And she sort of... She's clearly totally infatuated. One of the bits I laughed about it is at the start. There's, there's. We'll talk about that. I'm sure we'll talk about the music in a minute. There's a, there's a kind of, um, what do you call that thing where you're free running? What's that called? Oh, um, fuck, I know. It's, yeah, it was all the thing when Casino Royale came out, wasn't it? Yeah, it was fucking called me. Well, it's this is a sort of early parkour, that sort of thing. Parkour, isn't it? yeah. So this is kind of an early call to parkour where where he's jumping over the top of buildings and grabbing onto the sort of kind of scaffolding stuff that covers this building and um he's doing crunches where he's sort of hanging by his feet you know typical chan stuff you know i, I wouldn't be surprised if chan said can we put a bit more in this like, i'm doing nothing do you know what i mean yeah I'm there's certain put... bits in there where you kind of like this just feels like they put this in just to show off jackie chan <laughs> yeah and bearing in mind he has the work couple of the worst sort of pantomime fights later he wants to show off a bit for his american audience and he's doing these sort of crunches hanging upside down like a bat and she says if you do that anymore you won't be you won't be better you won't be able to do it later and i'm thinking oh dear she must be rough well she must she must give it a good go if like a few crunches and he's what's she going to do to him later oh my god and she's actually quite saucy there's a couple of sort of you don't really see jackie chan sort of stripping off and look, looking at it under a bra and stuff like that it's kind of 
unusual, isn't it? It's for yeah. him, for what we know of him now, it kind of is strange. Uh, yeah, she's and she's good in it. She's there's a couple of scenes. I don't know what she's doing, but there's a couple of there's one bit right at the end, towards the end, where he um, Mako says to Jerry, he says, "Come on, let's let's can't like cool down by warming up. Let's run back to the hotel, over it is." And they sort of run off, and she does this like she sort of instinctually just sort of copies the way they run, and sort of just in the corner of the screen, you see her doing this really stupid run off. And I'm thinking the director needs to pay more attention. They're clearly just larking about, you know. <laughs> And uh, if you look at any of the sort of stills of the set, there's a few on IMDb, actually, which is clearly not... They're sort of taken in the downtime of the shooting of it. And they're of her and him and, you know, a couple of others. And they're just clearly having a laugh. Yeah. There's one where she's wearing his shirt and they're just sort of larking about. And I thought, this, I like this. Do you know what I mean? It's a shame this one came out before Cannonball Run because it was after Cannonball Run he started putting outtakes at the end of his films. Yeah, which was the inspiration for it, wasn't it? I think yeah. It was, yeah. Well, I yeah. think he, from what I read, he saw that Burt Reynolds did that at the end of Cannonball Run and assumed he did that at the end of all proper films. Oh, did he? Right, okay. So that's the st- rumoured story anyway, or mm. urban legend or whatever it is. But yeah, this film was sort of crying out for outtakes at the end. Yeah, and there's a couple of reports I've read of, of Chan in this movie where he doesn't understand what he's saying. He's learning it phonetically. Yeah, I read something that he was, uh, he basically learned by listening. <laughs> yeah, which is a shame, but it kind of, it doesn't detract from it. It's still, he doesn't have any great, he doesn't have any long lines to say, you know, but he's still pretty good in it. He's very charismatic. That's it. To be fair, I, I probably wouldn't have noticed if I hadn't read it already kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, another another person I wanted to mention was um, Lenny Montana, um, if you know who he is. Um, have you seen The Godfather? Yes. Leah Brassi in The Godfather yeah. is John in this movie. So you know the guy who says, uh, he says, John wants, Legati says when they meet um, Jose Ferreira, he says, Mr. Dominici, they say, John wants to kill him. And he says, John, what, what what's happened? He says, that, that chink don't fight fair. And he said, I think he says that twice. Well, that's Leo Brassi from, you know, um, from the Godfather, the one yeah. who's sort of preparing the speech in the ante room in the first movie before he goes through and sees Marlon Brando. Yeah, I come to you on the day of your daughter's wedding, and he keeps he keeps practicing it, doesn't he? Um, that's he was, I think he was he was actually I think either a boxer or a wrestler I think originally, but he's a he's a meathead, isn't he? He's like a lump in the old school sort of tough guy John Wayne kind of shaped guy, isn't he? Yeah, you know, and. Um, yeah, he was in The Godfather, and he's got he's got a reasonably big role. His lines are not delivered particularly well. I'll be honest with you. I'll probably say that, but uh, it reminds me a bit of like Lenny McLean or someone like that. He's got that sort of. You can tell he probably did wallop a few blokes in his life, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Again, though, I think the thirty setting kind of excuses some of that. It does. Because it, <laughs> it just feels like a really old fashioned movie. Yeah, and it kind of makes it a little little bit darker for me, almost because of that. Um, the so. Just get the get do the cast. Just run. so the director is Robert Klaus, director and writer actually. Um, and if anyone knows him, he's the guy who directed Enter the Dragon. Um, he um, which is thematically is is quite similar. It's got um, yeah. a, you know a martial arts competition at his heart, really. I suppose kind of. Um, it's a mixed ethnicity movie, so there's there's a sort of representation of different areas of the world in it, um, and it's got a great theme tune. L- Lalo Schifrin, um, who also did The Exorcist and Dirty Harry, some of The Exorcist needed Dirty Harry one. He um, he he themed this, and it is. I think I texted you saying you won't stop whistling it because it is the really theme tune good. is fucking amazing. I can't get it out of my head. 
Yeah, I mean, the point where I've seriously considered buying the CD soundtrack, even though it's thirty odd quid. <laughs> is it? I, no, I didn't know that. I would buy that. Yeah, I love that. And they do the classic um, slow mo intro. It's very quick. It's not in the you know intros to movies these days. They take about five minutes to get past the production companies. We kind of get straight to the meat of this, but um, we get a um, a slow mo kick and a slow mo punch from Jackie yeah. Chan part of the um the music and the music it, they use it in different ways and it's jazzed up slightly more towards the end in the end credits and stuff like that but it's it's absolutely brilliant i absolutely love that soundtrack i think that's one of the reasons it makes it it sticks it up above you know game of death 2 and all this sort of tosh yeah. although i'd say tosh i love these films but you know there's <laughs> sort of the sort of lower end of some you know um five fingers of death you know these sort of type movies but yeah it's um so um robert klaus he, he directed in the end of the dragon but he also um interestingly um, he did um, Game of Death, so post Lee's death, he he finished that. Um, he did China O'Brien, I think he did a couple of them. Um, he did Black Belt Jones, which is with Jim Kelly, who is obviously most well known from um, Enter the Dragon. Yeah. Um, he did Golden Needles, which is is sometimes called Black Belt Jones too. Uh, he did The Ultimate Warrior with um, Yul Brynner, which is this sort of strange post-apocalyptic movie where Yul Brynner just looks like Yul Brynner. You know, he's clearly probably got a hangover you know <laughs> looks a bit out of it a little bit sleazy but it's the ultimate warrior sort of thing um he did a movie called force five of which i don't think it's available on uk dvd i think you can get it on german dvd which is one of those sort of guys on a mission they're all martial arts experts kind of movies and he did jim carter which is a pretty bad attempt at reclaiming that sort of the west does kung fu movies that came sort of slightly later um Jim the, Carter, they did an awesome episode of How Did This Get Made podcast oh, on that one. Yeah, I'm not surprised. It's, it's so fucking terrible. Yeah, yeah. I'm, that's the, one I'm 99.9% sure I've seen, but it's remember it through other people's actually. recollections. Yeah. I think it was on YouTube for a while. I don't know if it still is. Ah, right. For anyone in that's that... into uh, martial arts, then um, Amazon Prime's the place to go. They dumped probably about 500 martial arts movies on there, and they're all the classic Bruce Ploitation, old school. Um, you know, uh, just some of the some of my favourites are on there. You get you've got um, Blind Fist of Bruce, you've got Master of Death, Deadly Silver Spear. There's there's King Boxers on there. There's loads of good stuff on Amazon Prime. If you want to clones of Bruce Bruce Lee's on there, which is just amazing, which has got Bolo in it and Dragon Lee and Bruce Lai and all this sort of thing in it. That's an amazing movie, which actually uses footage of <laughs> Bruce Lee's funeral as part of the movie. Fucking hell, I know. <laughs> How bad is that? They they weren't sh- they were shameless in what they they did after sort of the cash in which which went ten years probably the the cash in on Bruce Bruce dying you know but uh, and uh, Jackie Chan wasn't wasn't um, innocent of that as well I mean he was he, I think he did Fist of Fury two was it I think he did he was obviously seen I mean he's, he's in a couple of the Bruce Lee movies but he was seen as almost being the next Bruce Lee if you listen to interviews with him he said I didn't want to be the next Bruce Lee I wanted to be the first Jackie Chan and it kind of does succeed but yeah I think that's why he sort of changed it to the more comedic style of fighting I think that was yeah. a big thing for him yeah we get a bit of that in this don't we yeah very much we get so a mixture um, the, the alley fight where his dad's telling him he can't throw a punch <laughs> yeah, it's like so it's just using them to beat each other up kind of thing yeah, and I hadn't seen Drunken Master at that point, so I didn't understand, really, to be completely honest, what he was doing. Because one of the movies is he squeezes someone's bum really hard, isn't that right? Isn't yes, that yeah, that's in the alley fight, isn't it? Yeah, 
hits someone. He actually doesn't he jump on the car and sound the horn or something in one. No, that's later on, isn't it? When he's fighting. Yes, yeah, that's in the big brawl, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's a classic Wing Chun move. It's just like when those like eh, 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 squeezy horn like <laughs> fucking jumps on a car and does it, and you think, why is he doing that? And the bloke reels back. What's happening? Don't know what's happening. Um, if you go to Rotten Tomatoes, this gets sixty-seven percent. Sort of. And if you go to um, IMDb, it gets five point eight. I won't watch anything that's got above six. By the way, I only watch shit films. Um, and it's uh, 95 minutes. It's uh, hit American cinema September the 10th, 1980. Um, and as I say, it was a double A, a in this country. There's a couple of different cuts of it. I'm not sure what they've left out. There's a couple of different running times of it. And it, it is because, you know, a couple of times when stuff came out on video, it was it was qu- it was shown quicker. Yeah. Um, the speed of the video was sometimes faster than the, and so there was some confusion initially um, when video came out. So oh, this is cut or this is, you know, whatever, but it wasn't, it was, but I think there is significant minutes lost in a couple of, and I'm sure there's nothing underhand on it. It's just someone snipped something off the credits or, you know, it's be, it'll be that sort of thing. It costs 4 million to make, which kind of was a lot, an awful lot for a Kung Fu movie. And it made Most 9 million. Probably Jose Ferreira. <laughs> probably. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, Mako's booze bill. I said, yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, and that woman's fucking cigar, you know, back at cigars. But the um, and it it made nine million in the US, which everyone. The, the big story was that it was a big flop, and it it was actually a reasonable success. And when you think that most of Jackie's movies were more of a limited release, that's actually that actually can't be too bad. Um, no, because I can't imagine the marketing was anything like it is now. Yeah, where yeah. You'd have your budget, and then you double it for the marketing. Yeah, I imagine not. And it made it did it did well in it did well in Hong Kong by all accounts. Um, he became sort of slightly disillusioned because, I mean, even if you if you listen to interviews with him now, he does talk about himself back then and said he was he was slightly egotistical at the time. And I know there was fallouts between him and Klaus um, over Klaus didn't want him doing as much, but he wanted to do more. Um, they got a guy in to do the fight choreography, a stunt coordinator guy, a guy called Patty Johnson. He was credited as Pat Johnson, who um, is quite an experienced movie guy. Uh, he was actually an ex-chaplain in the U.S. Army um, and was on the U.S. team that Chuck Norris, the martial arts team that Chuck Norris was part of. Right. He was, yeah, I know. Everyone knows each other in this, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Is it Ken Wall? Is it Keith Wall? Ken Wall? I can't remember the guy's name. The guy who plays O'Hara. He was mates of Chuck Norris. I think they trained together and stuff like that. But the um, He's in um, he's in Golden Needles. He did a number of stunts for the Dragon. He's in Force Five. He did Live and Die in L.A. Um, uh, he did Showdown Bill in Little Tokyo. film. Yeah, yeah. I love that movie. Yeah, he did Showdown in Little Tokyo um, with obviously Brandon Lee and Dolph Lundgren, and Tear Career's Breasts being the highlight of that movie for me personally. <laughs> Apart from a backflip that Brandon Lee does, um, he's in the same Mutant Ninja Turtle movie that we just talked about, and he also does the stunts in uh, Get This. Here's a class couple of movies. Punisher Warzone, which I actually quite like. I quite uh, like it. Yeah. And that's Green another Street. one where he blows away some parkours. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And Green Street, the first Green Street movie, he does some of the stunts in that. Uh, that's the same director as um, Punisher Warzone, isn't it? Lexi Alexander. Oh, is it? Oh, I didn't realise that. Ah, but that'd be the reason then. Yeah. Okay. He, he needed to have a word with some people about their accents in that movie, though. One bloke sounds Australian. <laughs> I don't think she cared by that point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's kind of the general. We'll, we'll get to a couple. Oh, I told you the other one we should mention is um, Billy Kiss. Um, 
Now, the movie opens on a fight in a real sort of like horrible sort of backyard warehouse district kind of area, doesn't it? And um, it's Billy Kiss, who's kind of the main physical baddie in this movie, isn't he? Yeah. He's the, the fighter for the, is it Philadelphia? Can't yeah. Remember where, they, where they come from, the other mob. Yeah, I'm sure it's Philadelphia. They um they come from uh, another town, and he's kind of the big. He's the toughest guy, and he's fighting what can only be said to be a comedy man. He's fighting this. He's like the oldest bare knuckle boxer you've ever seen in your life. He's fighting at the start of the movie, isn't he? And it yeah. starts with the bloke. The bloke's like breathless. He's on. He's on his back foot, and um, Kiss grabs him. Billy Kiss. He calls himself Kiss. Grabs him. Kind of breaks his back while he's sort of bear hugging him. And then, like, he doesn't just kiss him. He, like, full-on, open-mouth kisses him. Yeah. And bearing in mind I was 11, I was like, oh, my God, they're all gay people. Like, do you know what I mean? It's, like, like sexually <laughs> confused me. I'm like, what, what's happening? It almost well, seems it was like... weird, considering it was an 80s film that was fairly macho as well. It was such a... Unless it was kind of like, you know, he's your bad guy, look, he does gay stuff. That's Unless what that I was the mentality of it. <laughs> I thought I thought it was almost like, I'm so tough, I can be gay. It was almost like that. It was almost a step forward into now, you know, so people don't mind admitting, you know, that they're gay and neither should they. But it's almost like he was saying, yeah, yeah, I'm a gay. I'm, I'm a gay guy and I'm going to break your back. I'm going to murder you whilst kissing you. And somehow, I don't know why, just made it feel more scary to me as an 11 year old. I don't know why it just did. It was a very strange one. Um, he's he he's played by H.B. Haggerty, who was an actual wrestler um, uh, long before WWF, whatever you called it. Um, he was also a, a pro football. He played for the Detroit Lions and the Green Bay Packers. Uh, he's in a shitload of movies. Um, and he looks like a sort of circus strongman, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, he looks like um, Andre the yeah. Giant kind of guy, but with a bald head and one of those like comedy moustaches that old school Victorian gentlemen would have and you know he looks like he should be carrying a big comedy dumbbell (laughs) he does that's what he looks like but he's so nasty in this he's such a bastard yeah he's in um, the Muppet movie believe it or not which I must go back and watch he's in Death Sport of course he is yeah yeah, he's in Death Sport which is a a Corman sort of sci-fi post Mad Max movie and he's in as usual he's in the Incredible Hulk TV series I think everyone in America was in that it's like everyone in America in England was in the bill, weren't they? I think everyone in yeah. America was in the Incredible World TV series. He's in Foxy Brown, and he's in Paint Your Wagon, which I'd love to... Of all the movies, I think it looks like a laugh. Paint Your Wagon's the one in it. Christ. They, I, I they saw just, it as a kid, and I still could never quite get over Clint Eastwood singing. Yeah. And so I've they, watched all these Clint Eastwood movies where he's a badass, and it's like, oh, no, oh. At least Lee Marvin's in it. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, no. And the whole story is they, are, they basically kidnap a load of prostitutes. That's yeah. the sort of comedy assumption of that movie, is it not? It's a few years since I've seen it, but um, it's been a while since I've seen it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the uh, yeah, so there's that's the other sort of guy who I thought I thought was worth a mention because he is he is a big part in it, isn't he? Um, yeah. I uh, I have to say, there's there's not a scene in there. I, I I don't know lines from it from from a kid. There's stuff like um, I think uh, Mako at one point says. That would be both stupid and unwise, and and, and I, I occasionally say that now, and I, it's only occurred to me the other day is where I'd heard it, and I remember at one point um, Jerry's going to have sex with Nancy before a big fight, and she says you'll be twenty two percent less efficient. I just took that as medical fact. 
<laughs> and told everyone at school that boxers can't have sex before a fight because it's 22% makes them less efficient. And I just thought, oh, well, clearly, clearly that is a fact. That's probably yeah. where that whole superstition comes from, doesn't it? About footballers not being able to have sex the night yeah. before a game. It's from a Jackie Chan movie. <laughs> <laughs> Just one fucking football coach saw it and was like, that sounds true. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it is really good. I, I, what did you, let's see what you thought of it, man. Cause I know you, it's, it's kind of a first watch for you, isn't it? So what, it is. What, I mean, I was never massively into the Kung Fu movies. Like a lot of my classmates were, yeah. um, sort of as a kid, like I say, I was a big fan of monkey. So I sort of watched some and yeah. quite enjoyed them. But I always really liked Same Jackie Chan. <laughs> yeah, very much. So. The comedy sound effects on top of the fights. Yeah. It's like you can tell this is a like early 80s action um, kung fu movie. Yeah, you can, yeah. yeah. Like the folio on that. <laughs> I like the but, way they Americanise it a bit. At one point, Nancy calls him, who do you think, she says, who do you think you are, Batman, I think, or something like that. Yeah. yeah There's little bits that of that one. that are thrown in. Yeah, you don't miss it. Well, that'll get them. That'll get the comic fans in. You know, it's like that almost, isn't it? Like they do now, shamelessly. Yeah. But yeah, no, I really liked it. And I messaged you afterwards and said it's, you know, sort of rekindled my love for Jackie Chan movies. I've forgotten yeah. how much I liked Jackie Chan as a fighter in movies kind of thing. Yeah. There's a couple, there's a couple of fights in it where Jackie does his comedy routine. You know, he does do it. There's, 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 he's got to string out a fight because someone's been kidnapped further on in the movie. Yeah. And he kind of does that sort of fake hiding in the crowd wearing someone's hat. Yeah. You know, and stuff like that. There's a fight with um, Leo Brasi, as I'm only going to call him now, or John. He's kicking him on knees on the floor. And every time he kicks him, he's going, ow, ow. <laughs> and then he doesn't kick him. And he goes, ow, and he looks up and he hasn't kicked him. <laughs> and his dad's beginning to smell a rat these. But there's a couple. Of, there's also a couple of moments in it where it's a proper fight. He pulls out the intensity, which I really like. Yeah. Um, the my, What's your favourite fight in the film, have you decided? Or... Um. Ooh, ooh. I really liked the whole roller derby scene, not just because Larry Drake pops up in it. And I was like, fucking damn, man. <laughs> Larry Drake has got like one line in it. And he's like horrible as well. He's, 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 he's like, like every he's Larry Drake drop. character you've ever yeah. seen him play. I was yeah. just waiting for him to start cutting people's fingers off with. Because he's got to fire a gun to start this sort of. Yeah. Um, sort of roller derby race thing that they do, isn't it? And he's, for a laugh, he aims at his mate's head. <laughs> That's. What's he doing? Yeah. Yeah, that is a really nice sequence. And um, I mean, for anyone who wants to know what the vibe of this movie is, it's kind of a cross between like um, um, a a Shaw Brothers or a Golden Harvest um, historical martial arts movie. You know, they're always set in that that village or that town, you know, and this comes in Um, with something like The Godfather, obviously, but also with The Sting. Have you seen the movie The Sting? Yeah. The sets in that are very reminiscent of the sets in this. Wouldn't be surprised if it was the same back lot. Which is that, and it's got that Clint Eastwood every which way but loose any which way you can feel as well, isn't it? Yeah, it has. Those dirty street fights. Yes, it does, yeah. With blokes, I mean, we all know the truth of this, and it's something that winds me up a lot in movies, but I increasingly, as people are cast in Marvel and DC movies, I think, can we just have someone who can throw, it looks like they can throw a punch. (laughs) And and I don't care how good-looking and you know, lithe you are, the bloke down my local pub is going to kick your ass. Yeah. And it goes a little bit the other way in this, but Billy Kiss, if he was at the bar in your local pub, he'd be the tough man in that pub, wouldn't he? Yeah. You know, there's a few people like that in this, and there, you do get that a bit in this film. Um, sorry, I forgot where I was going there. What, what about any other fights in that? What did you... 
Uh, I really like the one where they break into Jose Ferreira's house to try and rescue his brother's oh, oh. So pen wife. So good. Because and... it's, it's that perfect blend of, like, gen. Oh, not that it's not genuinely skillful, but, you know, proper martial art fighting and the Jackie Chan comedy. Yeah. Yeah, there's a couple of things in and that. And it's got that great tag at the end where the guy's just leaned against the banister and he just goes as if he's going to go for him and he just falls backwards off it. <laughs> That's a stock footage scream isn't it i've heard that referred to as something something whale or something isn't it is that it's right it's the willem scream isn't it yeah that's it that's the one yeah and that's just class and if you notice there's there's a little little wink at, at uh, bruce lee movies there because yeah. he loses his shirt through the fight and you know what happens to bruce lee he's always losing a sleeve and then taking his yeah. shirt off or something isn't he um even though he's wearing a vest there's a little bit of a sort of cheeky thing to that there's a couple of the people in that who are the worst stunt fighters ever <laughs> It like telegraph their blows. You can see why Chan was a little bit frustrated. I mean, he's used to sort of the professionalism as stunt court fight coordinators in Hong Kong. Who is? I mean, that was the, the rumor at the time is that it was he had to slow himself down. Now, I'm not overly surprised at that. I'd go, I'd be prone to believe that a little bit for Western audiences, you know. Yeah, I mean, looking at the people he was fighting, uh, yeah, that wouldn't surprise me at all. I imagine he'd probably kill him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and one and misplaced make... blow would. <laughs> and Mako's great in that. There's one of my favourite scenes is where they get up onto the balcony, or they're going up the stairs to the balcony, and he says behind you, and he just whacks someone without even looking with the head of his walking stick on their head, and it's, he says thank you or I know or something like that, and it's just this great scene. Yeah. But but yeah, that's really nice, and it's got the ninja element to it. You when I was watching it as a kid, I was thinking, oh, they know how to creep around. You know, there was all this rumour that you know a ninja would creep up on you and you'd never know. You know, something, and um. That, there's that in there as well, isn't it? Yeah, great use of braces. He's got some great braces on as well, which sort of get used. Um, and then he, he sort of he meets sweary grandma and you know Jose Ferreira. And then as they're leaving, he he just has that one little sort of grinning thing where he scares a bloke who falls over the, the balcony. The other thing about this movie is everyone gets killed. So there's these fights in it, um, like the one at the start with um, Billy Kiss kisses the man to death. He that man is dead. Yeah, and, I I watched that. I was like, "Is he fucking killed him?" Or yeah, and there's, like, there's... Or is he just like choked him out. I'm not sure what's happened there. And I was like, "No, he's fucking killed him." <laughs> and later on, they refer to people being killed as well, don't they? They said yeah. he killed him later on when they're talking about such and such the opponent. Yeah, because they say what happened. What does that yeah. extend to the guy who died in whatever city it was they mentioned? Yeah, and um, and then the press sort of run in and interview Billy Kiss and stuff, and it's like you kind of accept that these people are being killed in pretty brutal ways in front of you. But it's also, I mean, it happens in Enter the Dragon, doesn't it? You know? Yeah. Um, it, it kind of, it seems weird today by today's sensibilities. As a kid, I remember also being quite sort of frightened by it, thinking, oh dear. Yeah, it's since, a horribly scary way to kind of die, isn't it? It is. Especially after, Joey told me that, kind of thing. especially after Joey Wright had told me that people actually die in these movies. It was like, sitting in the cinema was like a sort of life-changing experience to me, you know? I think that was um, kind of the urban legend that went around every school. <laughs> I'm yeah. pretty sure somebody told me that in my school as well. Yeah. Um, the I, I, I'm going to say my favourite fight comes later. So my one is um, versus Leggetti in the cinema yeah. theatre at the end, um, which is is the beginning of the intensity of two fights that Jerry has, where they're not comedic. He's got that look in his eye, and um, so so we'll get we get to that bit. So. We get a training montage, great training montage. So they go off to train before they go down to Texas to find this thing. And it's the famous one. People might see it on YouTube where Mako's throwing um, 
baseballs or tennis balls or something. That's earlier, isn't it? That one. Yeah. That's where he him dancing. <laughs> of course it is. Of course it is. Yeah. And and he's that's genuinely quite a beautiful scene. He he really he shows off, doesn't he? You can see. Yeah. Chan like knows what he's doing in that, and then yeah, later the on, Mako just like throws the whole bag. <laughs> yeah, and later on, he he has he fights one of those sort of classic martial arts dummies. You see, you see a sort of proper version of it with stuff in stuff like Ip Man and stuff like that. But yeah, this one's one they've like, taped together with like six limbs on it, and <laughs> yeah, and then at the end of it, um, Jerry's taunting his uncle and um, kissing Nancy and saying, "Come on then," and he grabs his walking stick. And he, he he pulls him backwards as part of the fight and pours a cup of tea out on the sort of the corner of his elbow where they're fighting. That's right. And Maker just says, you're ready for Texas. And it's like this great moment. I thought it was really well done. Yeah, really nice. Um, so they go down to Texas. Um, and it's comedy Texas, firstly. It's, it's literally comedy. Everyone's wearing a, a, everyone's fat. Looks like that they're in a, a shit western and wearing cowboy hats and stuff like that. And there's there's a, an announcer who sort of stands on a stage and it's kind of sort of semi-official, even though people die. It's sort of it's been covered by radio stations. Which they starts with the national anthem because I absolutely love the national anthem bit. <laughs> yeah, and he got the guy going. You can't get to go faster and faster and faster because <laughs> yeah. they've already started fighting. So he says you can't use no guns or knives or no hardware like that. And then they sing the national anthem and he has to sort of speed her up <laughs> because everyone starts kicking off. And there you've got like I don't know why they say it's like mafia fires because you've got people from all over the place. So it's like the village people have turned up to be in a fight. It's like old bit. school wrestlers, isn't it? When they had, you know, like when you had like a hacksaw Jim Duggan, who's like his gimmick was he had a plank of wood. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. And you've literally native... got a guy there with a plank of wood. <laughs> There's a Native American in full dress, yeah, like a chief of a tribe. There's an Australian with a boomerang. Um, there's a Jamaican guy who, when the band play up, he has to sort of stop fighting and dance. I mean, it's fairly borderline racist. There's, uh, or not borderline at all, it's completely. Um, Someone who looks like a sort of proto-Ronald McDonald, but fatter, who actually comes on the stage eating a chicken leg. That's right. Yeah. Um, If you look in the background, there's an actual midget who's kind (laughs) of beefed up, and there's a kind of sumo, isn't there? I'm not sure if he was... Because sumos don't tend to have beards, do they? But he's got a sort of beard. But is, is obviously representational of a Japanese sumo sort of thing. Um, and then it's, it fights. And everyone sort of fights each other. And it, it sort of thins the field down really quickly, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, so you get rid of the sort of... The, the, the Ronald McDonald bloke gets done. And there's a sort of old school American style um, boxer who's wearing sort of stars and stripes pants and he's got sort of bandaged knuckles and he gets done quite quickly and it's left with just a few of them. And one is um, the, the guy who's referred to as the Moroccan. I think it gets referred to as earlier in the movie. He's got like a, a metal plate in his head. He's quite good. Quite like yeah. him. He's got sort of sort of grinning face and he always defeats people by, they try and punch him on the head and he headbutts them. They're sort of That's confused it. by the fact. Yeah. So he's only really got the one trick. Um, and uh, Quan has to fight him, which is actually not a, bad fight it's better than the bloke who looks like who's the bloke who says um who's in flash gordon who's the english guy says brian blessed there's a bloke who just literally looks like brian blessed with a cloak on that's um, right and he he does some of the worst overacting you've ever seen you can only you can only hear jackie chan's eyes rolling in the back of his head when he's fighting this bloke you know um 
And Jan sort of he ends up the geezer ends up trying nicking a police car and trying to run him over, which is that's the right. shittiest fight move ever. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's pretty bad. There's a fair amount of overacting in this sort in a lot of these fights, you know. Um and then he goes and then he ends up fighting uh Kiss in the final, isn't it? So yeah. Billy Kiss is in him in the final. And you get um Billy Kiss is getting beaten because they've he, he, like Chan is Jerry sort of taking it seriously and he gets told to, to take him into a theater and he gets into theater. And then of course there's Leggetti who's, who's, who's double crossed his uncle Dominici and is trying to fix the fight for the, the other mob boss. And he, he gets attacked by, I'm going to say a couple of people who don't look like they're in the Italian mob. I'll be honest with you. I don't know if you noticed that. Is this the two on the balcony? Yeah, neither of them look particularly Italian. I'm not going to go any further than that, I think. Um, either that or Goodfellas lied to us about, you know, you have to be Italian to be in the mob. Um, and then... No, they do kind of look like a couple of people who just happened to be on set and they were like, yeah, they two really people. Do. I think they're actually two people on set who look like they could probably have a roll around and fitted the suits in wardrobe. That's where <laughs> Greg I'm and Brian. Now. Greg and Brian will do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and they're, they're okay. That's a quite a cool little fight up on the balcony. And then Legatti pulls out two butterfly knives, doesn't he? Which is obviously Legatti's yeah. thing because he'd striped up Quan's mate earlier in the film. Yeah, because that scene is really out of tone with everything else. Yeah, isn't it? Even like the grim stuff of uh, the kiss, if I can kill him, the guy at the beginning. It's like there's something really bleak about it. I mean, you can see it coming a mile off as soon as he says he doesn't want to lift home. Yeah, as yeah, you can. And <laughs> so as a sort of, we didn't cover that as a sort of threat to Jerry to make sure he fights. They slice up his mate who he does the roller derby stuff with, um, and and these later sort of found by Jerry's brother and a sort of guy who's who's sort of a, just a guy on the street who waves yeah. the dogs around, and um and he's got like genuine like quite nasty what the the doctor says he looks like razor blades have cut him and you you begin to get a sense of the guy is just like nasty you know yeah. Um, and he, look, so Kiss brings him into this theatre and he says, go and collect your prize, your, your prize Billy. And, and he sort of is confused, but then a little bit scared and runs out. And they leave they leave Quan in there with this little team of people, including. And he has this fight with um, with Legatti. And Legatti, I can't remember who he's played by, but he's not been in much. He's not really even got a photo on IMDb or anything like that. He's not like you would think for having quite a big role in this movie. And he does well in it. He's believable, isn't he, as this sort of double-crossing nephew. Yeah, he's that typical 80s sleazebag villain, isn't he? Yeah, he's quite good. And he's quite, the fight's actually quite convincing. I actually thought it was all right. What about you? Did you like it all? I did, yeah. It's, he does that classic villain move, doesn't he? Of like, no, oh, don't hurt me anymore. Mm. It's like he's going to pull something as soon as you turn your back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does. And he actually stabs him, doesn't he? He, he does, yeah. Or he certainly slices him. But Yeah, he gets one, but it's sort of on the rib cage there, doesn't he, sort of thing. Which I think they had to do because. Jackie was so unbeatable by that point in the movie because you know he's going to have to go back out and fight um, Billy Kiss, and he's already you already know he's going to do Billy Kiss. You already know that he's he's got the ability to beat him. Yeah. So I think taking him peg down by stabbing him and causing him to sort of limp his way back out again, I think was a must. But that's actually quite a good. And he um, Quan pulls a tie off, almost like a cravat off one of the villains, doesn't he? One of the bad guys who's on the floor, and he uses that. You know, sort of the classic martial arts. They use a bit of rope to fight a knife when they wrap it around yeah. the, the wrist of the guy and they sort of pull him towards him. And it's it's really well done and really well choreographed. I have to say, I, I thought it was excellent. Um, there's a couple of moves in the cinema where he, um, 
he almost pulls people onto him and elbows them and there's a sort of the couple of sort of backflips and he lands on people and stuff like that and it's um it's what i'm what i really wanted out of it i think rather than the panto that had just been all these fat blokes fighting yeah <laughs> sort of thing um and then uh after that he goes outside and he fights finally um, Billy Kiss gets his and, and Billy Kiss is kind of on the back foot and a bit desperate and he's grabbing things to throw at him and he grabs the, the sort of betting sign to hit him with and um, he does him with a combination he, he does a sort of backflip off the back of a sort of car or the back of a lorry or something and catches him in the back of the head which is really impressive like re- really great move and he does a sort of a kick from the ground upwards so he sort of flies up with the heels and and, and catches him under the chin and he goes down and that's like really well done. I'd say I really like that sequence. I think there's some really good moves in it where he sort of backsteps onto someone at one point and bends their leg in order to elbow them in the face. There's some really interesting yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Given that he's fighting fairly big, slow moving. Yeah. Guys, it's really nicely done because it should be, it shouldn't really work, but it does. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And there's, um, there's some great footwork as well, which they, they, they make a point of showing in the, some of the training montages, you know, I was boxing at the time, and footwork's so important, and you, you get really, you do get a sense of that throughout it, actually, that he's sort of, he's taking notice of his training stuff. And then, like we said, so the crowd, the crowd sort of turn, and they're all behind Jerry towards the end of it. And um, and uh, Dominici, as they get, they, him and um, Nancy get put on the shoulders of the crowd, you know, the sort of champions kind of last scene. And, um, and literally, there's a shout from Jose Ferreira across the noise of the cheers. Don't worry, the girlfriend will be released and you'll get your money and I'll see you back in Chicago. So that's like, <laughs> they sort of tie up all the loose ends in a shout by the villain across it the is. crowd. It's like all that stuff you're worrying about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we won't go into any long sort of epilogues. You know, we won't be floating something across a lake, you know, for uh, Tony Stark. This is this is not going to go on forever now. Yeah. They just sort of end it, and then the credits. No come. Lord of the Rings here. Yeah. Oh my God, the last Lord of the Rings. Christ, if I have to see Frodo's eyes one more time, I'm going to scream. But the, uh, the, there's no. Uh, they just freeze frame on him, and the credits come up, and that's it. That's the movie. It's interesting, isn't it? That that's where he goes. Yeah. I mean, I suppose it made sense to give that line to Jose Ferreira because you kind of like, where do you go after this? Beyond him going back and having another celebratory scene. <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah. Yeah, he's done everyone now. Jose Ferreira was kind of okay. I said he was yeah. one of those bad guy, but not the bad guy. Bad yeah, guy with a heart of gold kind a of thing. Decent bad guy, a decent mafioso. Yeah, and um, they, they, and I actually kind of, I really find the sort of last scene quite, quite actually warming. I think they, they I kind of like the pair of Nancy and Jerry. I kind of like them as a couple. Yeah. Yeah, they're kind of cool and you kind of champion them and you're on their side because they're kind of, you like them, don't you? They're, 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 they're a good match for each other. They're the couple you want to hang around with, aren't they? They really are. Yeah, yeah. And, uh... And, uh, I remember coming out of the cinema and literally me and uh, Jay Wright like practicing Kung Fu on each other outside of Wembley Cinema. You know, it was like that. Yeah. It was. We were obsessed, absolutely obsessed with this movie. And then, of course... I went back to boarding school and we, we literally watched our way through every Hong Kong movie there was, you know, pre and post Enter the Dragon and new stuff. And, you know, it's like um, Exit the Dragon, Enter the Tiger and, you know, all these sort of like real classic stuff that came out. Poor old um, Jackie Chan, though. He, as you said, he had to go and do Cannibal 
did he do Cannibal Cannibal Run Two? I've got a feeling. I think he was in both of them. Yeah, Cannibal Run Two is unwatchable, man. I don't know if you've seen it recently. As much as I love Burt Reynolds, it's a fucking mess. Cannibal Run Two is one of those ones where you remember bits of it and you think it's better than it is. Yeah. Dom DeLuise doing the mob boss thing and that, you know, fetch me another oh. cat, this cat is dead. It's like, that was quite funny. And then you watch it, like, actually, I that, remember that being funnier than it actually was. Kind of thing. And isn't Klinger from Mashing it? Doesn't he play like a yeah, he's Arab? Yeah, like Arab. It's like, oh my God, how painful is that? Yeah. So I think, I think he was allegedly, he was a bit down about what's happened, um, Jackie, and he went back to Hong Kong. So he went back and he did some just amazing films. He got together with um, Samo Hong and UNBA, who he was at um, the Peking Opera School with, and they did I think three a three movie run that included Project A, which is is really good stuff. And then he went to make just went on to make just sort of classic after classic for the time. You know, he did Police Story, Armor of God, Dragons Forever, Project A Part Two. Um, he did um, Drunken Master Two, and then. He, he just had a run of probably about 10, 12 films before going back in 95 to do um, probably more than 12. Actually, I think it's almost almost 20. He went back and did Rumble in the Bronx. That's it. He previous to that turned down the villain's role in Demolition Man, which was given to Wesley Snipes. Um, I don't yeah, think I can't see worked. Jackie Chan as a villain. I can't Admittedly, I've not seen as many of his serious films to. Yeah, do. there's not that many, but the, I don't I think he made a wise move there. And apparently, him and um, it's, it's a strange fish, Jackie Chan, because apparently Stallone's still one of his best mates. I kind of like that. I like, can't believe, imagine Stallone is like the, you know, it's still one for the Expendables as well. Isn't he in? Sh- oh, you might be right, she. Yeah, I think you're right. I'm sure uh, he wanted him for him, but I think he got Jet Li instead because Jackie Chan didn't want to do it again. I may be, I yeah, don't, it's remembering or. Yeah, Jet Li's great as well, man. Love Jet Li films. He's he's, he's amazing, and, and, and again in a totally different way from Jackie Chan, and a totally different yeah. way from Bruce Lee. But and then he did, because he did Rumbling the Bronx, and he did Rush Hour One, which was like the big one, wasn't it? Rush um, Hour One was certainly the one that put him on my radar, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Rush Hour One's all right. It's it's it is what right. it is. It's a, it's a yeah. late nineties buddy cop movie. Have you get used to who's the other guy in it? Who's Chris Tucker. Get, Chris Tucker. If you get used to his nonsense. He's worse in the Fifth Element. Just remember that, and then he's all right if you see him in this, you know. And uh, yeah, because I watched Rush Hour. Then I think I watched was it Mister Nice Guy, the one he did in Australia. Uh, okay, in the medallion, like, there's a few rough ones. The medallion's rough. There's a few. Yeah, First Strike. I remember seeing that one as well. Okay, I watched a lot of the shit Midnight. <laughs> yeah, he's, he 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 clearly didn't have any. I think he the badly advised. We just did everything he was given. You know. Yeah. Um. But um. I think Shanghai Noon was where I'm the, I started uh, to yeah. stop watching the Jackie Chan films because I just couldn't stand Shanghai Noon. Yeah, Around the World in 80 Days he did. That's right, yeah. yeah. He was Passport 2 or whatever they called That's him. It. Yeah. Um, he's, um, there's some, uh, he, 2013, he weirdly declared he would be doing less stunts, but I think he's just done as many. Um, I watched The Foreigner the other day, um, which is the Netflix one, which is oh. basically... Jackie Chan versus the Provisional IRA with Pierce Brosnan <laughs> doing like a really obvious impression of Jerry Adams. Have you seen that? I haven't seen it, no. Oh, oh fuck god. me, there's a Rush Hour 4 rumoured. Oh, is there? Oh god. And a third Shanghai film. Oh, uh, right, okay. He's 65 now, man. He's not young. I know, but he doesn't really look much older than he is. <laughs> he never does, does he? He is great. Um, I'd recommend, if I was going to recommend movies, I'd say Drunken Master, you got to watch. The, the martial arts in that is, and it's pre- 
it's pre the character we know. He's still a young kid. He's, he's probably yeah. more toned than you see him actually. And it, there's some some sequences in it that you think are amazing, just incredible stuff. Um, Wheels on Meals, which he does as a fight with um, Benny the Jet. He's called, isn't he? He's the guy from everyone will know him from Gross Point Blank. Yeah. Um, he's the guy he does with the pen in Gross Point Blank. And there's a fight in that, which is probably one of my favourite fight sequences ever in a movie. Um, Project A is great. Police Story is great. Armour of God is amazing. Um, have you seen Armour of God? I haven't, no. There's there's a sequel as well, which um, got got released as Operation Condor, but it's essentially Armour of God 2. Um, and it, but Armour of God is the one where he, I think he broke his, his, his pelvis or something like that in it. Um and that is that puts parkour people to shame. He just basically throws himself off things and down fifth mountains, and it's pretty incredible. Well, that was the thing that really always stuck with me about Rumble in the Bronx was the outtake at the end where he does is it a jump from a roof to a boat or something, and it just fucking <laughs> yeah. smashes his leg up, just straps it up, and carries on going. Yeah, there's one where he jumps from one building onto the balcony further down another. I can't remember which one. It might be Rumble in the Bronx. That might be the Rumble of the Bronx. Or... Yeah, and that's incredible. That's amazing. Island of Fire is pretty good. More, it's slightly more dramatic, um, and, but but interesting. But go back and watch some of his um, his early Hong Kong stuff. I just really like it. Snake and Eagle Shadow is great for the China. Um, there's some really there's some really Dragon Lord's amazing. Um, there's some really good stuff. I love the love the stuff he does with Samo Hung as well. Samo's great. Yeah, yeah. It was he did Mister Nice Guy with him, didn't he? That's it. Yeah, and I think people. Um, Probably remember Samo from is it Martial Law that TV series he did? Yeah, that's right. That was around the same time as that film. So I think that's why I sort of recognise that name. Yeah, Samo Samo is great. I think off the top of my head, I'm trying to remember the name of the movie. It's something like Return of the the Fat Dragon or something like that. And he just plays a fat martial artist. He's, <laughs> he's made some great recent movies as an old sort of old old master Samo. He he really is good. It, it, Probably the first time I saw him. If you, you know, are you, do you know Enter the Dragon? Is it a movie you, you know well? Or I've seen Enter the Dragon. It's not something I could right talk there's about a... without watching again, kind of thing. Okay, yeah. There's an early scene in Enter the Dragon where he's he's surrounded by monks and he's doing a sort of an exhibition fight with a guy. And at the end of the exhibition fight, he does a sort of triple somersault over some monks. And then it's the famous, you know, if you look at the fin- finger, you'll miss the heavenly glory over it. It's heavenly splendor over the the phrases. And um, the guy he fights in the exhibition match is an is a young Samo. Um, uh... He's he's a little bit chubby still, but pre his sort of trademark physique, I suppose, if you want to call it that. But um, yeah, there's some great there's some great sequences. I must admit, there. from Enter the Dragon, the only ones I can remember are Bruce Lee and John Saxon's in it, isn't he? Yeah, Jim Kelly's great in it, man, as well. Love his stuff. Bolo, oh my god, O'Hara is. Uh, is it Ken Wall? Is that his name? He's he's a crazy person. Listen to him in interviews. I I listen I, just to recommend a couple of podcasts. Um, Hong Kong Movie Guide is a great podcast if you want to just hear about all kinds of sort of martial arts, old old school and new stuff that's coming out. They're always interviewing Scott Adkins as well, which is why I started listening to it because we we obviously had a chat with Scott on our podcast. <laughs> and and oh, yeah, name drop. And um, <laughs> the uh, the other one Did you is do a podcast. Uh, yeah, have I told you? The, yeah, the other one is. Uh, the the clones of Bruce Lee, um, um, uh, and it's a Bruce exploitation, which is a whole rabbit hole to get down. And um, they've been going over like a couple of years, and I listen to them religiously. And there's some really good stuff on it. And they talk about Game of Death three, and they'll talk, you know, it's all this sort of thing. It's like 
just some amazing stuff on there and um and you listen to that sort of thing and, and, you, and they'll talk about Samo, you know and they'll talk about jackie chan and bruce lee and obviously and jet lee and all this sort of thing as well as the real sort of golden age of martial arts cinema the the sort of the guys who were in every movie you know the guy who had the little hitler mustache who seemed to turn up in them all and you know this sort of thing and the, the fight coordinators and the directors and the fact that these movies probably about had about eight names and this movie was actually part of that movie and it's a really interesting sort of period um um, and just little facts that you find out about martial arts movies from made at the time is that they never were recorded with sound because they'd be recording four movies within about 20 yards of each other. So <laughs> everything was looped. You know, everything was the sound was added later for. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. Some really interesting stuff. Um, and uh, and then this, for me, this was the sort of start of that obsession, really. I mean, I love comics first, you know, yeah. comics is my main thing. But this was when I saw Battle Creek Brawl, um, I went went away from that and watched all of the you know the the great martial arts movies and also at the time you had stuff like iron fist in comics you had master of kung fu you had richard dragon you had yang you had all this sort of these cool comics going on at the time and uh it was real it was a real genre that everyone was it was there was a mystique to it with you know there wasn't the internet and stuff we couldn't watch it all the time and uh um there were sort of magazines you could buy. I mean, remember at boarding school, we ordered, we ordered like throwing stars and, you know, nunchucks and stuff <laughs> that used to get delivered to the boarding house and like, someone would get whacked on the head by a rice flail or something like this, you know? Um, oh, I remember nunchucks. Yeah. Because I'm that age of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, they hit like the most dangerous thing in the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's, the rumours going around that, oh, you hit someone there with on them, they die. I, I said, you die instantly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like they were instantly outlawed and they had to take away the word ninja from ninja turtles over here they were hero turtles weren't they is that right yeah and then you yeah. had the whole thing in secret of the ooze where they couldn't use their weapons anymore so they had to use household things and it's kind of well you're just showing kids <laughs> how they can beat somebody to death with a string of sausages no toaster yeah yeah <laughs> it's, like, it's like surely we were better seeing them with weapons we could never get our hands on <laughs> <laughs> I'm seeing them use household objects as lethal fucking weapons. Yeah. But, I mean, but back then we just used to get the um, used to get adverts in the back of martial arts magazines, and you just used to send away with a check. Yeah. That's right. And um, these things would arrive, and I, I remember I had one of those sort of side handles, um, side handled like wooden battens, and uh, some bloke had a couple of throwing stars, which we used to leg it down to the end of the cricket pitch and try and throw at things. <laughs> Uh, and then a couple of blokes had nunchucks, which would just like would just smash windows and yeah, you know, this sort of thing. And uh, whenever we, everyone used to go and have a fight with the local school, someone would take their nunchucks with them. Do you know what I mean? It's like that sort yeah. of thing going on. And it was, it wasn't innocent, but it had more of an innocent feel than everyone carrying a knife these yeah. days. You know, it's like, yeah, it was that sort of thing. And uh, and there is a real artistry to what these guys do. It's not. I mean, if you, you listen to an interview of um, Bruce Lee, he himself said he wouldn't have stood a chance against Muhammad Ali because they were movie fighters, you know. Yeah. Um, they, they, but what they did is 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 such a fine art, you know. These guys, they probably were tough, but the the, the backflips and you know, you look at some of these um, um, uh, stuff they do in It Man and stuff that Donnie Yen does. It looks amazing. I'm not a hundred percent sure where if everyone piled on him in a pub, it would work. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Someone broke a bottle over his head. You know, all that sort of finger work would work, but it does look absolutely amazing. You know, it, it really does. There's, there's a, a I've got a sort of genuine affection for these guys because they just threw themselves into it. If you look at Dragon Lee's knuckles in any of his movies, they're so bruised. You know, they're yeah. so swelled up from 
just constant fighting. And I think that's thing that Jackie Chan is quite famous for. He's, a lot of these movies will make it look like you punch someone, but he puts padding in people and he knows where he's going to kick them and punch them and stuff. So there is a there is a it's a contact element to a lot of what he does often. Not all the time. There's a lot of wire work and stuff, you know, that goes on forever um, these days. But there's it's a re- it's a really amazing. There's some scenes in look at look at Police Story. There's a moment in Police Story um, where a guy flies through the windscreen of a I think it's a lorry. I think it's the first one, and they're just in amazing stunts. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'd imagine with certainly the comedic style of fighting that Jackie Chan uses a lot that there's probably more skill to that than there is the straight fighting. Yeah. Because there's a slight more unpredictability I would have thought to Yeah. As much as I love Bruce Lee. Trust me, I love Bruce Lee. I love him. I love all his Yeah. But he for every two punches he does, Jackie Chan does twenty. You know. The the, Bruce Lee when he swings his arm and punches someone, there's a real power to it. But Jackie Chan's like punching someone twenty times, you know, it's it's that sort of thing. I think Donnie Yen's very similar to that, but in a more sort of serious edge thing. And Jet Li's somewhere between the two, if you wanted to be sort of very basic about the description of his style. But yeah, yeah, it's it's really interesting. You know, there's more of a boxing element. You know, you've only got to watch the way that Bruce Lee skips about compared. You know, there's a lot of posing before a fight that jackie chan does a little bit of he does it in this film you know it's more there's um there's one moment which appears on a lot of the dvd covers where he's sort of flexing um and he's got some real definition in his forearm and stuff which was something that bruce lee was very known for he, he exercised a lot to get that muscle in his wrist the back of his wrist and stuff uh, and he, you can see that replicated on the cover of a lot of the battle creek brawl dvds and the posters and a lot of the um the movie posters and the, the lobby cards of the time you know yeah no, it's um. There's an interview with him on my Blu-ray. Where he says oh, is there? Okay. One of the things they were worried about was because his style was more comedic, for want of a better yeah. term. Yeah. I, I'm paraphrasing him. That they didn't think he would be accepted by American audiences who were used to the Bruce Lee polished style. Yeah. Kind of rarely taking a kick, kind of thing. Very skilled. Yeah. Very da 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 down. Yeah, and you can see that when he fights a lot of the um the stuntmen. Yeah, they're they're not ready for it, you know. You can so tell I, they're not. But I wonder if that's some of it with sort of the mixed style of Jackie Chan with the serious fight and the funny fight. Yeah, yeah, there is a mixture. I don't mind that so much. I think he's a he's a personality, and I think the intensity at the end is some sort of really good, genuine acting. Yeah, you know, there's he he the way he walks out of that cinema to do Billy Kiss, the way you know. He's like suddenly he's this ser- much more serious guy. It's the change in him when Waco gets up in the bell tower to let him know that he's free so he can stop throwing the fight kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I love Mako. I think there's, there's kind of that look in Billy Kiss where he's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, you can see I'm, I'm in trouble now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, everything's fixed. I'm, I'm an old bloke and I'm out of shape. Yeah, there's a bit of that going on there. Yeah. But, mate, I mean... I, I recommend this. It's not. It's not Jackie Chan's finest moment, and a lot of people, the purists of the, the sort of genre, will say, "Well, yeah, but you know." I yeah. Well, it, when I put out that tweet saying that it was what we were going to be doing next, somebody tweeted with the, uh, "If anyone ever wanted to see a young Jackie Chan throw slow, heavy haymakers like an aging, overweight Western actor, that's the movie for you." Did they? Oh, so p- people are horrible, aren't they? It's just What's wrong with people. Come on now. Yeah. <laughs> <He's not laughs> to be wrong. fair, it's, it's who he was fighting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's not wrong, but it kind of it sort of kickstarted that. And I had it have just been something, you know, overly dubbed. One of the sort of, let's not call them poorer, poorer acted, but better fought martial arts movie. It might not have caught on so much for me. Yeah. yeah. I think it's, I mean, like you say, it's not a perfect movie at all. It's not something that will ever probably make a top 20 list of classic Kung Fu movies kind of no. thing. Yeah. 
but it's I like I say I watched it I've got an instant affection for it yeah and I've not really stopped thinking about it since I watched it partly because I've had the tune stuck in my head <laughs> I know I know yeah it really is we'll have to um we'll have to put the uh the intro the YouTube clip out on you know when this comes out so people can hear what we mean because it's so good he's such a great, a great composer that Lolo Schifrin really good stuff yeah it isn't like amazing. you say you don't expect it to be the guy who did the exercise <laughs> I know and Dirty Harry and stuff and he did loads of stuff yeah, uh, but then again, you don't expect Jose Ferreira to be in it. Well, no, that's it, exactly. Know, it's, a, it's it's a weird one, isn't it? Um, I'd love to I'd love to talk to to someone like Nancy and see what the real feel was on the set because I kind of have an idealized, you know, in my head what I think it's about Christine DeBell. I'd love to hear what she thinks about yeah. what's going on. You know, someone who can sort of t- talk with some sort of honesty. You know, yeah, interesting. Yeah, nineteen eighty, eh? So long ago, man. I know. We've like done two 1980 films in a row on this now because it was Gregory's Girl last week. So. Loved the Gregory's Girl one, man. Really loved it. Yeah, yeah. That's, my that um, was all Rachel. <laughs> yeah, one side of my family's um, uh, Scottish, and I, I I watched that as a kid. Probably, I think I might have even have seen it at the cinema. I think that certainly saw. I think Restless Natives at the cinema. But um, yeah, it's a great film, and, and and again, so reminiscent at the time. You know, sort of. Yeah. Yeah. Really good. Yeah, and yeah. again, a lot of things in that you wouldn't get away with now. Yeah, same as this one. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It was the the fight at the end. I wrote, I forgot that I, I wrote this down as a note. Was the um, martial arts movie version of Mind Your Language? <laughs> Everyone was a sort of cliched racial stereotype. Yeah, you know. It, oh it. well. But then like again, what street fighter in the eighties? Yeah, street fighter's the same. Let's face it. Yeah. You mean? What's that Jean-Claude Van Damme one where they go and fight each other? Um, you know, when they he goes to Hong Kong or something and gets, or is it Thailand and gets, you know? Oh. Um, it's, like it's, it's basically Enter the Dragon on a smaller scale. Yeah. yeah. yeah there's, there's that again, you know. Um, oh, Bloodsport. Is it Bloodsport? Yes, it is Bloodsport. Yeah, yeah there's, that, there's that again, you know, but yeah. It, it has a certain charm, this movie. You'll never... Like you say, it'll never win awards or anything other than soundtrack, I suppose. But uh, yeah, it, it allowed for movies to start coming out on DVD. I put it that way, and the start coming out on video. I had the video of this for the VHS, and like because this had been out, because it was popular on on VHS, we got you know the One Armed Swordsman, and we got you know that sort of thing coming through. The King Boxer and stuff like that would come out and be in the boxes at your local video shop. Well, see, it used to be see. a thing on Saturday afternoon, I want to say, on Channel 4. They always used to seem to show a martial arts film. Oh, okay. Yeah, all my like Jackie Chan movies. Like monkey-style adventure-type ones. but Yeah. Yeah, a lot of my Jackie Chan movies were taped off Channel 4. I think they had a season, Armour of God and um, Project A and stuff like that. Like, you know, they, they, they were on Channel 4 late at night, and I've got some yeah. VHS tapes where I take them, take them off telly and we'll watch them. Yeah. That's it. Back in the days when they used to show stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, we really. I mean, I do have an affection for you know the current movies, you know, um, that are coming out. Like I say, like it, man, Master Z, um, a lot of the Scott Aitken stuff, um, uh, Aitken stuff. There, there, there's some really good stuff. England has got some good martial artists, man. There's some really good people coming through, um, but they're just sort of sadly avoided. You know, Savage Dog and this sort of thing. There's some really good movies coming out, but I think we need to we need to pay more attention to them. I think. Yeah, yeah. I think the thing with why it was so popular at the time was you kind of watched what your parents watched. You had four channels, three or four channels of TV. Yeah. 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 So most kids didn't have a TV in their room. So if you wanted to watch telly, you watch whatever your mum and dad was watching. 
Yeah, and we've got we've got streaming now. We can watch this stuff now. You I know, see, you've got so much to pick from. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a couple of elusive martial arts movies I watched as kids. I've got such an amazing memory of, and I literally look for them every week. I'm, I remember the storyline, but the problem with these movies at the time is they all had different titles. Some of them had like yeah. four titles. Yeah. Well, like Battle like this, one, this one's got two. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yes, and some of them were a mishmash of other movies, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, some so you watch them now, even the ones you watch on Amazon Prime. Suddenly, in the middle of it, there'll be a fight between two people you haven't seen, <laughs> and then it'll go back to the movie again. You think, okay, yeah, there you go. They're still good. They're still good. They're still worth watching. Still worth reading about. Still worth, uh, you know, going back and finding. I think sometimes. I think with this sort of the the sort of cool oh look at me with all these old VHS tapes you know that people are doing there's a couple of sort of Facebook groups for it isn't it it's a bit like the vinyl thing you know, yeah there's, there's a lot of movies that are getting um there's, there's a there's a couple of little um have taken over from Hong Kong Hong Kong legends and there's a couple of sort of series of uh, DVD releases and streaming releases of stuff yeah I think eighty eight films who released this one on Blu-ray have released a few other Jackie Chan ones ah oh, they have yeah they have and they always do like is, I think Arrow's got a line of them now as well I yeah. don't know whether it's, you know martial arts films not specifically Jackie Chan yeah it seems yeah, to be yeah. things like Arrow 88 films those sort yeah. of ones that are yeah picking them up at Studio Canal that sort of thing yes exactly yeah I really must get um I really must get a Blu-ray player I haven't got a Blu-ray player but I would think if I get one, I'll end up with uh, buying loads of DVDs, you know, or Blu-rays. Yeah. yeah, the price has started to drop on Blu-rays now as well. Yeah, so they have. Quite so yeah. bad. But the transfer on this is quite nice. Oh, okay. It still looks very much like it was filmed in the late 70s, but yeah, but that I imagine it's a lot cleaner than it probably would be now. Yeah, that Sheen to movies, I kind of like. I've, I've gone back and watched, I was watching, is it Three Days of the Condor the other day? And yeah. you know, I, watched, I, I did watch The Sting a couple of weeks ago and stuff like that, and I like those movies i kind of miss it really as much as i love comics and stuff i kind of wish they'd leave us alone for a bit <laughs> and we just uh we went back to like good movies that don't have loads of cgi in them yeah yeah that's the trouble well you don't get that mid middle ground 40 million pound movie anymore do you no you don't seem yeah. to, that seems to be where netflix yeah and i kind of i really liked accident man have you seen accident man yet yes yeah it's probably I think that and Doctor Strange are probably the only two Scott Atkin films I've seen. But they're just, just a roll-around martial arts movie, and I kind of like yes. that. And if you look at all the guys in um, Accident Man, look them all up. They've all got movies released, martial arts movies they're releasing regularly. Yeah. yeah. And so they are out there. Yeah. There you go, man. I'm glad you enjoyed that. I'm really glad. because I. We were no, I didn't. It was nice to do a film that I'd not seen. Cause right. Until now, the three films that we've done, I've seen them all. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. nice to sort of discover a new film as well, or discover an old new film. Yeah, and we were chatting about what film I would do, and I, that one sort of immediately came to mind because it's just a one that I return to. You know, there's always a couple of films that you just go back and watch, aren't there? Yeah, you know? yeah, it's it's got that '80s feel good, very much in the freeze frame ending. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you just need to like... his fist in the air, and it would have been perfect. <laughs> yeah, I need some of the lobby cards for this movie. I, I've I've got a couple of lobby card sets. You know, I've got the. Um, when they released the Spider-Man first couple of episodes at the cinema, I've got the lobby cards for that and okay. stuff like that. Yeah, and they, they, I really like that sort of stuff. It, it looks really nice sort of framed. Yeah, I miss lobby cards. I've got a few that I bought retro retrospectively. So I've got like some yeah. Man Hunter and oh, okay. stuff like that. But but yeah, there's a really nice Battle, uh, Battle Creek Brawl poster that's on eBay that's about 60 quid though. Oh, is it? Yeah. Kind of, I've yeah. got nowhere really I can put it up at the minute. So. Yeah. Until my um... kids grow up and fuck off. 
because um, Tarantino's got a cinema. He's bought a cinema in LA. Uh, I think I've got a feeling it's something like the new Beverly or new new something or other. And um, he shows because he owns a lot of prints of seventies and eighties martial arts movies, and he shows a lot of that cinema. And I'm cool. due to go back there to see some friends again soon. And I'm I just really fancy coordinating whatever's being shown there. You know. Yeah. And you know, Five Fingers of Death or something. You know, just seeing what's what's on at the cinema and going watching stuff with the flickering bit of hair on the top right of the screen. You know, like Taranto recreated when he did the grindhouse stuff. Yeah. Just going and watching some old school. The old Wing cigarette Chun. burn in the. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so good. Yeah. Good. All right, man. But yeah, awesome. Cheers for that. No, absolute pleasure. No, I love talking about stuff like that. You know that. And we've waited on for quite a while there, actually. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's great. A <laughs> no, like I say, I really enjoyed it. So. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, yeah. We still need to, me, you and Andy, still need to do that Condor Man watch. Ah, uh, I'm not sure if that... <laughs> I've got Condor Man on DVD now, so one day the three of us need to sit there and watch it, mic'd up. <laughs> Have you seen it yet? I've I've saw it as a kid. I've always been too terrified to go back to it <laughs> i rewatched it the other day i don't think i massively loved it as a kid so i forgot the comic elements of it he's a comic critic. i could completely miss i don't know why but i forgot that i'd love to know who drew the comic that's in it oh there is a, a comic of, isn't it there's a load of original art he's drawing because he designs the car and he goes he says to the cia i want this you know that's right we've asked, on that. we've asked the off subject here man that's all right <laughs> That's a teaser for next time. <laughs> yeah. Oliver Reed's in it. Oh, he fucking is, isn't he? I love Oliver Reed. I love him. He's li- literally my idol. If someone said to me, there's only one actor you can watch in movies for the rest of your life, it'd be him. It's that Russell Crowe gladiator story about him getting up at like 6am or, or 5am and going running and then getting back to where they're all camped out for filming and dropping down and starting doing push-ups and Oliver Reed was just coming back from the pub. <laughs> and apparently he just walked past and he was like dear boy I think you'll find she's gone home <laughs> which is great I've been waiting to walk past somebody doing push ups just so I can use that line <laughs> <laughs> but have you ever read that Hollywood Hellraisers I, I never have no I've always sort of fancied it is that who's wrote that it's that weird it's... satanist guy wrote that isn't it uh... is that the one you're thinking of no I'm thinking of a different one sorry yeah, no, I do know the one you mean. I'm thinking it's the, the guy who did Easy Riders, Raging Bulls. Yes, I can't no, remember I've... if it's Hollywood Hellraisers or if it's one that's similarly titled. But yeah, no, I've, it's... Read, I've read the the, the the first one, the first one you meant to um, Raging Bull one. That one I've read that. So that's a good book. Yeah, that's yeah. A very good book. Yeah, he sort of followed it up with like the British Invasion, so like Richard Harris, Oliver Reed, all that sort of thing. Oh, good. And uh, it's yeah, it's an interesting read. It took me a few sittings to read it because there's some bits you just kind of I'm going to walk away from this book for a bit. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. The I watched him in the he's in the Rebel. The Tony, um, who's the, the old British comedian, uh, did the Blood Donor. Uh, Tony oh, Tony Hancock. He's in the Tony Hancock movie, The Rebel, and he just plays man who shouts and leaves bar or something like that, I think. And his class, at, you know, when he was sort of slightly svelter without the moustache, you know. He's in. Uh, um... League of Gentlemen, not the TV series League of Gentlemen, the old yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. movie. I absolutely adore that movie. Yeah, yeah, the Ealing comedy. Yeah, well, I yeah. don't think it was Ealing. I think it was. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. I think it was similarly. It was around that time, and I thought it played on that Ealing thing, but I don't think it was actually an Ealing comedy. Yeah. The the one where they all get busted at the end because there's a kid who collects license plate numbers. 
Oh, I do know what you mean. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he is great. He's, he's. You, you can go down a rabbit hole watching him on YouTube as well. Yeah, just craziness. I think some of that he just put on as well. To be just fair, watching him drunk on interviews. <laughs> yeah, on Parkinson or something. Yeah, there's some great Parkinson stuff. If you go far enough into it. Pissing off feminists. <laughs> yeah, if you, but by the way, if you put um, Battle Creek Brawl and Jackie Chan in, you get an interview with him on Tizwas. <laughs> hell. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Which is pretty good. <laughs> he gets Sally James interviewing him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm writing that down. I'm going to put that in the notes. <laughs> good. Awesome. Right, Excellent. Thanks for that. It's good fun. That, that um, brightened up my bank holiday. My boring bank holiday. Yeah. Break from your paperwork. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Cheers, man. Cheers, man. And that was Battle Creek Brawl. Uh, I'd like to thank Tony again for coming on and talking about the film with me and for introducing me to it. Uh, I really enjoyed watching it and I really enjoyed talking about it. And uh, yeah, hopefully you'll enjoy discovering it too. If you do want to check the film out, it's available on Blu-ray from 88 Films or you can get it on DVD from CineAsia. You can get it on Amazon, the 88 Films website for the Blu-ray. That seems to be the cheapest option. And uh, yeah... I will put a link to the trailer in the show notes if you want to check out the trailer. Um, yeah, it's superb, well worth checking out, especially if you're into that sort of thing. Um, you can find Tony online at uh, uh, Never on Anything, which is neveranything.blogspot. You can find him on Twitter as at Ezoes. Again, I'll put these links in the show notes. Uh, you can check out the Awesome Comics Pod on podbean.com. Um, uh, at the awesome pod on twitter they've got a big cartel store and there's the awesome comics talk which i'll put all those links in and with regard to us you can find the nerds who haunt themselves on facebook at facebook.com forward slash haunted nerds you can find all our previous episodes and series on oktrubelievers.com and then just click on the podcast button uh, or you can find us also on podbean which is hauntednerds.podbean.com you can find me on twitter as at token nerd um and yeah, that's sort of it for this week, plugs-wise and that. Uh, um, if you fancy checking out my mini-comic, Hello to Jason Isaacs, you can find it on the Comic House site, and you can also buy a physical copy at oktruebelievers.com, if such a thing piques your interest. And uh, yeah, next week I will hopefully be doing another episode of Why Comics. Uh, I just need to line the guest up for that. Uh, yeah, so hopefully you'll have something dropping next Wednesday. And that's it for now. Until next time, have a great week ahead. Uh, do something awesome and yeah I'll be back next week with something else cheers